0: I feel like a well, do you bunk?
1: Good morning, Vietnam!
0: I love the smell of my pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the
1: need, the need for
0: speed. Uh, I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to episode 254 welcome to star trek and welcome to the cinnamon movie podcast i'm one of your hosts juan i'm joined by one of the starfleet academy (laughs) members zach hey what's going on guys zach it is uh it's occurred to me that it's like really fucking hot outside
1: i there have been days where i walked out and i thought i was in a volcano i'm not gonna lie it's that that hot
0: (laughs) Um, I think yesterday everybody. was like the
1: hottest day on the record,
0: I think. Hottest day. Uh, hopefully somewhere you guys are listening to us in a cool spotlight. I don't know. Um, we do have some listeners over in uh, Alaska. So hopefully it's like nice and cool in Alaska where you're watching or listening to. Speaking of watching, welcome everybody from Facebook Live and yeah. Emasawa Productions YouTube channel as we're here every Wednesday at 5.30. Um, and then if you're listening to the audio version on... Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts at. Welcome to this episode. Zach, why has it taken us 254 episodes to talk about Star Trek?
1: I don't know, because I remember you telling me to get out of the room, and I said I'm not a Star Trek fan. So that was like way back in 2019, so it's um, been a while.
0: But we, we have a pretty uh, a fun, packed show for you guys. Uh, we're going to look back at Pirates last week. Um, we have a summer end giveaway, which is coming up here in the next few weeks. You're gonna get to walk away with some prizes. Um, we're gonna talk about some recent watches, and then we are talking our top five worst movies of 2023 so far. And then we're gonna get into J.J. Abrams' uh, Star Trek. Um, Zach, how was the how was the weekend for you? Did you get a did you go swimming, or did
1: you work on that delicious tan that you have going on over there? luscious tan let me tell you about it guys no so so pasty white um no i it was kind of a cool not cool as in weather wise but it's kind of laid back kind of weekend went to the theater which i'll talk about in recent watches and you also a nice went and had dinner and that's about it this weekend <laughs> yeah this dude over here stalking me as i was coming into the restaurant
0: um
1: but yeah it was, it was
0: kind of a slow weekend uh not not a lot of things happening um, I look back last week at Pirates of the Caribbean. It was the 20th anniversary. Um, we also had some links that you guys can still go check out to help out uh, Franco and Tiff um, with their daughter's uh, situation. If you want to know more, please could click on those links or go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, you can also hit us up on these social media accounts. Facebook.com forward slash The Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word slash The Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at cinnamon405. And the email, you can email us at cinemen e n nine two one one at gmail.com. Um, Zach, I also asked those same questions over social media this past weekend. People's worst movies of the year so far. People's favorite movies of the year so far. And then also what they're most looking forward to. So I will go through social media and uh, instead of emails this week, we'll go through social media and talk about those. You can win some digital copies. I gave away digital copies of Evil Dead this past weekend and Smile. And there was another one I gave away too. So go check out all those social medias to win some digital copies. Um, The Summer End Giveaway, which you will get a $50 San Marcos food certificate a case of OKC soda, and some movie tickets to Rodeo Cinema. Um, And it also comes with more food, two free large pizzas from Red and Blue's Pizza, uh, a certificate from that as well. Um, So you guys can win uh, a a Summer in giveaway. It also comes with a nice cooler to keep your drinks ice cold. Um, So more details on that coming up. Probably look for that uh, at the end of July. But so Zach, what about uh, any recent watches that you want to talk about or uh, mention to any of the listeners?
1: Um, just the big thing. I went and saw uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Loved it. Um, <clears throat> it's it's very very close to Fallout, and maybe a, I think it's just a little bit less just because this is part one of two, so we got to see how it ends to wrap it all up. Um, great action, great. Characters, I thought. I thought Haley Atwell stole the whole entire film. I thought she was excellent in it. Um, and it, like Fallout, keeps you on your toes and gets you excited for the next one. So, go see Mission Impossible. Um, I rewatched Insidious. I might do. I might go see Insidious: The Red Door uh, next week. I'll, it just depends. And continue on the Good Doctor on Hulu. That's about it. Did you ever okay. watch the final episode of Big Bang Theory? Yes, I did. I think that was homework a couple episodes ago. You think? I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was a good ending for the series. I, I thought it did have emotional weight. I thought it um, wrapped everything up in a nice little bow. And I'm going to disagree. I think the final scene of them on the couch, it was perfect. I mean, that literally summed up the whole show, because that's pretty much 90% of the time what they were doing. So
0: Maybe it's because I had, in, in my mind, I had the series finale of Friends, Seinfeld, I had all um, that going through my mind about: Are these group of friends dismembering, or are they going in their own separate ways? So maybe I just yeah. maybe I should have just not drank the Kool Aid.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It kind of plays with the idea, but I think at the end of the day, that these are characters that um, they don't really know how to be with anybody else. If that makes sense.
0: So, go rapid fire through mine, real quick. Um, if you want to talk about any of them? Go ahead, uh, Sisu. Evil Dead Rise, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Bo is Afraid, Insidious the Red Door, Hereditary, Lamb, The End of the Tour, Saint Maud, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, The Martian, um, Are You There God, It's Me Margaret Smile and Scream Six. Oh! I don't know what that was from, and then technical um, difficulties. Difficulties, folks. Star Trek for today's episode, but I do want to touch on the Red Door. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was pretty captivating. I thought, I thought the first half was really really good. Um, the ending was kind of a letdown for me. Uh, I will, I, since you haven't seen it, you plan on going and seeing it. I'll I'll leave it at, at that. But uh, Zach, what do you think about taking toddlers to a, a PG thirteen horror movie?
1: I, 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 feel a, ask, I feel I feel I feel I feel
0: a rant coming on. I, I don't understand. <laughs> wanted to get up and ask for my money back because little sons of bitches would not shut up. I.
1: You know what? i like, I don't think I don't think it's their fault though because
0: they were saying you know they're that they were afraid and they didn't want to be there. I feel like they should probably went and saw
1: like Little Mermaid or something. Yeah. I, I yeah I don't understand this whole concept, but you know the world is what it is. Or The Flash,
0: you know, they could have went and went saw The Flash. or Something different other than Insidious on a Saturday night at
1: 7.30. Or if uh, if um, The Flash was even still in theaters, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it was. They had one showing
1: this past weekend. I
0: almost God. did not want to go see it. But, I mean, you guys gave it a good rating, though. I don't know why, I don't know why it's getting it's getting really like, shit reviews now.
1: It's, you know...
0: I think it's one of those, everybody else was giving it bad ratings, so let's follow the trend and let's give a bad rating
1: it's not even that it's almost like the more like i think about it like the less i remember it if that makes any sense it's almost like the farther i get away it's just like it was i think it, i put it at like a seven it's almost down to it's fine like it's it, it doesn't hurt anything other than michael keaton everything's just like okay that's what we're doing
0: you know i mentioned this to you guys earlier uh I am technically now because of all the reviews that I've sent in. I am technically a certified fresh, uh, Rotten tomatoes critic. Now, nice. whether that probably doesn't come with a payday, you know, my, knowing my luck, it's probably they, they send me a big box of tomatoes every six months. I think
1: <laughs> um,
0: it, it probably doesn't come with a payday, but now it does. You know, I I, I get some benefits from it. I think there are uh, like some movie tickets or some uh, some vouchers to go pick up some movies. Um, so so that is, that's good news. And uh, there's actually, nice. you know, I guess it's just nice that it has that cert- certificate and plaque that's coming in the mail. So that's,
1: that's good, is, I guess. Is it, do you, I mean, I know you can create just a free account. I guess, do you just keep writing reviews until they say you're certified? You can actually make or break a record movie, essentially.
0: Yeah, um, that's, that's exactly how it went. Um, and then I did link all the social media accounts with <laughs> the um, application. Um, so after you review so many movies and after you send in, you know, so many paragraphs and stories and reviews, um, mm-hmm. they review your, your application and, uh, you know, they, they send you a, a certif- an actual cert- certification of congratulations, you have no life.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but, but it's been... listening.
1: Listen, if I see your ass on there giving Oppenheimer a bad review just for the hell of it, this movie sucks. Dot, dot, dot. I've not even seen it. So.
0: But it's, you know, it's been, like, five years in the making, so I don't, like I said, I yeah. don't think it comes with a payday, but it it is nice to be a little recognition, I guess.
1: Well, and I remember, like, hearing about that. I was like, well, I think it takes, like, a while to actually you get certified, so you gotta review, like, 20 years of movies before you get your certificate. Yeah.
0: Um, and I've reviewed so. some
1: bad movies. Oh, God. This wasn't that bad. <laughs>
0: Um, but you guys can, uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. at, uh, other than recent watches, um, if I had to recommend anything, go to the theater and check out Insidious. Um, Boa's is Afraid is really good. It's not as long as it feels. The, like, the, the girth scared me. I thought the three hours was going to be a little too much. Um, Are You There God? It's Me, Margaret was actually really good. Yeah. Um... Evil Dead, you wanted to know my thoughts on Evil Dead. Um mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. You know, I thought I, I appreciated that it wasn't in the setting of like a cabin. Yeah. I, I appreciated that it wasn't cheesy. Um the uh, special effects had... that was actual practical was nice. I'm glad that they didn't use CGI for all the for Every... bloody gore scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean I had fun with it. <laughs> it was a um It was a fun time in the theater, so it was nice to hear, listen listen to people, like, squirm and stuff, so.
0: Did you see Mission Impossible in IMAX? Yeah. Was it packed?
1: Not as packed as I thought it would be. I think Oppenheimer that I'm seeing on Saturday has more, has more people in it than Mission Impossible did. Weird. Yeah.
0: Um, Evil Dead was packed. Not Evil Dead. Insidious.
1: Insidious. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mission Impossible, not packed.
0: Hmm. I wonder if it has anything to do with his uh, beliefs.
1: I think people are just like, you know, this the is sound part of, one. what is it? What what else came out this past week or last week? The sound of metal? Sound of sound of metal. Sound of freedom. Sound of freedom. That's still, that's, that's still, that's still in, in theaters, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was that was pretty packed too. Um even though those are probably some of the better movies of 2023, let's talk and rank our top five worst movies of 2023 so far. Five worst movies of this year so far. Zach, we're we're just at the halfway point. I've seen some pretty terrible movies. Uh, I think you have to. So let's let's uh let's put it out there so people can try to either stay away from them or go and check them out. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions?
1: Um, I do have two. I, I just want to preface these are. I really haven't seen like an awful movie, like just a, like this really pissed me off type movie yet this year. Oh, I but haven't. these are movies that are just like, it's fine to disappointing, but that's kind of in a category for me. So my two honorable mentions is Indiana Jones, The Dial oh, of Destiny, oh. and the official honorable mention is Transformers, Rise of the Beast. I'm I'm done with Transformers, but it, it stop. You it said started.
0: that after the last night.
1: <laughs> oh, you better hope we never talk about the last night because I will like up, just destroy that film. It's so bad.
0: Um, man, my honorable mention is just going to be uh, pretty pretty much a, a disappointed view. Disappoint. This I can't this stroke. Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, I'm disappointed in it. I know it could have been better, and I know the CGI could have been a lot better, but uh, that that falls in my uh, honorable mentions category. Zach, which number fifth? Worst movie this
1: year? So, my fifth worst movie of the year, I had. I didn't even have high expectations, but I thought the trailer was cool. It was a cool concept, but it just really. It kind of just flatlined. Uh, Number five is 65, the Adam Driver dinosaur movie. Oh, it wasn't Um, bad. No, like I said, it wasn't bad. It's fine. It was just a combination of Jurassic Park meets Interstellar, and I thought that was kind of a cool idea, but I don't know. I just. They didn't. I don't think. I really. I don't think that they executed the vision of what they want to do as good as it could have been. So Adam Driver gave a good performance. And I mean, it, it's always cool to see dinosaurs, but yeah, it's fine.
0: Number five for me, it, it pains my heart to say this because Adam Sanders in it, but number five for me is Murder Mystery. Uh, oh, two. no.
1: Yeah, it was, <laughs> uh,
0: it was, it was disappointing. And uh, not even the Sandman could save that concept. Mm-mm. So that's number five for me.
1: Uh, my number four, again, great concept. As a pretty capable director, he's kind of been on a resurgent here lately, uh, Knock at the Cabin. the Pretty much the first big movie of the year, I thought. And I thought the best, I think the best thing about the movie is Dave Batista. I thought he did a, did a very good job, gave a good performance. With all these Shyamalan movies, you're always expecting like a big twist and like, how does it relate to everything else. And I feel like, <clears throat> the whole point of the movie is just toying with you until finally it actually is it is what it, it what everyone's been saying it is. And I just thought I thought the twist of this movie wasn't as strong as I, other I,
0: ones. I think that's what made it positive for me was that there, you know, this is the first M night movie where there wasn't really a big twist and it was led mm-hmm. with with great performances and just a eerie, you know, an eerie concept. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Batista was was the best part. Number four for me, uh, this one is getting like some mixed reviews, more positive than negative, and I don't understand why because I thought this movie was just boring. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Mm. I don't know why a lot of people are saying this is like one of the surprise movies of the year, but it was uh, it was boring. It was just just Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine just did not answer the door for me at all you know um it was uh it was just finger twiddling like i was literally waiting for it to become something different and it was a big ball of are we done yet? garbage
1: yeah mm. yeah i started watching that movie but then stopped for whatever and i've just never i haven't had the desire to go back and rewatch it we're talking about today
0: too. so that's funny
1: uh
0: what's number three for you
1: my number three is going to be... I felt like it was an independent film, but kind of made some waves. I think it came out the same day as Across the Spider-Verse, so obviously it wasn't going to get no attention. Uh, number three is The Boogeyman. It was a uh, remake of a... or adaptation of the Stephen King short story. Again, great atmosphere. Not great at execution. And I'm just like... Was it rated right R? No, it was PG-13. So I feel like if you're not going to do an R-rated um Stephen King it's just it's just pointless so
0: is that the is that the remake from like the 2003 version there's a there's a movie in 2003 2004 called no, the
1: movie man no I thought it had something to do with that or like you said <clears throat> a uh, direct remake of that one but it, it's not oh actually it is it is actually so I guess I was wrong so
0: I feel like yeah, if you want to watch the movie if you want to watch a good movie about somebody calling somebody the boogeyman, just go watch
1: Halloween. Essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, number three for me is something that I really want to like because I love Tony Collette and I love Italian oh. monster movies. Oh God. But no. Number three for me, is, uh, mama mafia, just oh. cheesy, terrible. Um, it's everything that you don't want a comedy to be. I think I laughed maybe like once. Um, this is the movie that will get your grandma out of the house to go probably to the movie theaters. This and the, <laughs> the book club part two. Oh,
1: God. Uh, that better not be number two.
0: But it shamed me because, you know, I was like, oh, this is funny. They're actually using, like, you know, The Godfather and they're going to, like, reference it throughout the whole movie. And Tony Collette is funny. Um, but it was just, it just was stale. I think the comedy was stale. Like I said, I think it was written for no offense, like people in their sixties and seventies to come out to the movie theater and try to laugh. Um, yeah. it just, it just felt like an, it did not age at all. So, um, even though that's the, those are the, uh, supposedly the movies that Tony Collette wants to do are, you know, comedies, but, um, it felt really yeah. cheap. It felt really cheap too. like the budget wasn't very big.
1: So, um, mm.
0: I don't know. I would not waste another
1: hour and forty-five minutes on it. I or Tony Collette, you can go do more A twenty four movies. We're not opposed to doing that. So what's number three for you? Or two. Uh <laughs> number two, you're probably gonna hate me. Number two is cocaine bear. I, I oh, just couldn't. On. I There's couldn't, so much dude. Fun. I couldn't. Not enough bear killing humans and just more like crappy, terrible just character, like, character tropes of just different things I've seen before, and it's just Ray Liotta himself saved that movie and made it watchable. Uh, yeah, and that happened, that might be one of his final movies, so I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it, it was a good concept, it was just, I guess knowing the fact that I know the true story of what happened, it was just like, no, it, the bear was not going to go run ballistic and kill people like that. You know, I mean, I think it instantly died like once it inhaled all that cocaine. So, no,
0: I don't know it.
1: The story about it, so. so yeah it just next that that might be in competition about, next week we're talking about cocaine <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I'll see you I'll see you the week after guys
0: <laughs> uh, number two for me is uh shotgun wedding with Jennifer Lopez oh yeah and uh,
1: josh, josh Duhamel. yeah Josh
0: Dumel um, mm. some scenes were fun but it was. It was pretty tough to watch. Well, you're braver than I am, I guess. You
1: didn't try it? No, uh, I know. I'm good. On the other hand, Jennifer Lopez's other movie, The Mother, on Netflix, is actually pretty good. Oh,
0: you've already seen it? Yeah. Is it just a Netflix exclusive? Yeah. Thing gave me couples retreat vibes with uh, Mm. a little bit of... uh, Sicario mixed in there and some uh, training day aspects. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never thought Sicario and <coughs> training day would be mixed in with a... It was like a Sicario gym.
0: couples retreat kind of kind of feeling.
1: Well, preparing for training day. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're doing. Okay.
0: All I right. Think it, I think it would have worked if somebody else other than Josh Tumel was her husband. Uh, to me, he's not like a leading guy. And if, he's, if you're not a leading guy, you're not going to stand up next to Jennifer Lopez. Even though the movie and the concept might be terrible, Jennifer Lopez still can hold her own. And yeah. I I know the movie's it's, it's it's a J-Lo movie, but they should have got somebody who's just a little bit better on their toes instead of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't agree with you because I haven't seen it, but uh, like, I understand what you're saying, so.
0: Alright, go for it. Uh,
1: my number one was probably the first big movie of the year, and... It is a dish just different different version of Chucky. Number one is Megan. Just a very drab, very predictable, very a lot of people seem to like it. I think they enjoy the comedy of it, but I just thought it was just very it was very cringy, in my opinion. Just like, wow, okay. Is people because actually went and saw that. Is it
0: because of you you hear or you, you're like, I've seen Chucky been there, done that. This is
1: not a new concept. Yeah. I understand they're trying to Put AI into it and make it modern, but it just,
0: no. That's what the new Chucky did. Remember when, when, have you seen the new one? They made him AI.
1: The television show or like the movie
0: with with Mark Hamill, where Mark Hamill played Chucky's voice.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was better than this, I thought.
0: So, Um, number one for
1: me, I know a lot of people are going to probably give me some flack. Like,
0: dude, it's a fucking kids movie, but number one for me is Peter Pan. Uh, Disney's Peter Pan was just really. Terrible, and I was looking forward to seeing a, a new live-action Peter Pan, um, okay. but this one was just—it did not do it for me. I would rather watch *Power of the Dog*. Oh no! Back-to-back times—that bad? Yeah. Mm. At least *Power of the Dog* has a uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Like, what was this fucking guy hating on Peter Pan for?
1: But. Well, that was weird because it's from David Lowry, who did The Green Knight and A Ghost Story and some pretty good movies. So I'm just kind of shocked by that. He did Pete's The Peach Dragon remake, and I thought that was pretty good. That was
0: actually pretty good. Uh, any new trailers that came out this past week that you want to talk about before we head on to Star Trek? Um... what do you think of Wonka?
1: I think it looks cool. I, I, I kind I like how they're kinda doing the <laughs> the Christmas Harry Potter type thing and make him real magical and just kind of like kind of a business model type thing of how he gets the factory. So I think it looks cool. I think Timothy Chalamet is gonna knock it out of the pack.
0: Does he do and... that
1: that and Dune back to back weeks? No, he has Dune and well back to back months. He has Dune in November and then Wonka for Christmas, so
0: yeah, he's gonna be uh, using up making some money his, his flyer miles.
1: Yeah, but he, you know, at least he's gonna have a
0: nice Christmas. That's all that matters, right?
1: It will. Maybe he can get some else. award buzz out of this. <laughs> Maybe get some award buzz for Wonka. We'll see. Today we are talking about
0: Star Trek from 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. The brash James T. Kirk tries to live up to his father's legacy with Mr. Spock keeping him in check as a vengeful Romulan from the future, creates a black hole to destroy the Federation and one planet uh, at a time. Uh, Zach, do you know what the T in James T. Kirk stands for? Tobias. Tobias.
1: Yeah, you ain't gonna stump me on Star Trek.
0: <laughs> um, IMDB has this at a 7.9. Rotten Tomatoes is at 94%. The Metascore is at 82%. Um, and the Google users like it at 85%. They it had, it had a $150 million budget but ended up grossing a little over $386 million at the box office as it released May 7, 2009. Um, you can actually check this out on Netflix, Paramount Plus, or you can rent it on Prime Video for $3.99. Uh, starring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Leonard Nimoy, Eric Banna, Bruce Greenwood, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, John Cho, um, Anton Yelchin, Renona Ryder, Chris Hemsworth, and um, fucking Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's in this movie.
1: Yeah, that kind of uh, shocks me a little bit.
0: Directed by J.J. Abrams. And um, but let's talk about just the lore of Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry, you know, created the characters, the TV show. Um, if you guys were listening to recent watches, I had the Wrath of Khan on there, which film sci-fi nerds, sci-fi fans, Star Trek fans, Trekkies, uh,
1: I thought Wrath of Khan was a complete fucking disaster. Um, oh, okay. So that's a twist because I thought a lot of people like Wrath of Khan. Wrath Khan of Khan good. is
0: Wrath of Khan is supposed to be the, the best Star Trek movie. Some people even put it over these last three, um, but it was just a big ball of yawning for me. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, and I, I did you know I did some research, and you know I didn't watch any of the original Star Trek. Uh, TV series, motion picture, I've seen all six movies um, or seven. I think there's seven total, including Next Generation Crew. But Wrath of Khan was just, was just boring. And I really do think it has to do with taking the original TV crew and putting them on, on film. Like, I just think that some TV cast for TV or they're made for TV series, I think you should have kept them at that. I don't know. Do you? Where, how do you feel? Have you seen any of the older Star Trek movies, the TV show? How do you feel about what you can at least remember with the original crew?
1: So I'll just go ahead and preface this by saying I'm not a Trekkie. I've never been into Star Trek. I remember <clears throat> um, when I was little and like waking up in the middle of the night, the TV was on and Next Generation was on. And I was like, okay. You know, <clears throat> I remember I, I remember kind of being involved, like I kind of like the sets and the characters and everything, but I just never I've never seen the original trilogy I've never seen Next Generation <laughs> sorry <coughs> never seen any of the original films, the only ones I've seen are the J.J. Abram one, or the, this new trilogy and that's as far as my knowledge can go so, like I know the characters in this one we're reviewing are obviously from the original the original series, so I have that knowledge going into it um, but that—that's the extent of it. So, and
0: I'm not hating on any of the Star Trek movies. You know, I think they're decent sci-fi films, and of course, you know, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, uh, the list goes on, Chris Um, But like, I don't know. I just didn't feel excitement for watching Wrath of Khan. Um, now I know we're not reviewing Wrath of Khan, but I just—I I had to compare and contrast the and supposedly. Star Trek and Into Darkness from what J.J. Abrams says is his version of Star Trek 1, 2, 3, and 4 mixed in together mm-hmm. in the first two films. Okay. Um, obviously, you do get to meet Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness, J.J. Abrams' version. Right. right. Um, which we'll talk about next month in August because it's its 10th anniversary. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, going back to Star Trek <laughs> 2009, dude, I loved everything about this this movie. Um, the opening, meeting um, the Romulans, meeting Neo. Um, not Neo. Is it Neo? No. Um, um, Nero. 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 Um, I thought Eric Bana played a tremendous villain. Who I, I just now found out it was Eric Bana like two weeks ago. Um. But I thought it was just an outstanding action, sci-fi film. Um, Yeah. And my first introduction to Star Trek was the original movies when I was like 10. And then my dad constantly watched Deep Space Nine and Next Generations. So um, I technically Mm -hmm. grew up with Patrick Stewart being the captain. Picard. Yeah, yeah Picard. Um, <clears throat> but let's review it. Do you remember the first time you've seen this? What was it like? And honestly,
1: what was it like for this re- rewatch? So I did see this in the theater. It, I remember being really, really into it. I, I thought that the, I liked the characters. I liked the iterations that JJ Abrams was able to put together in this movie. Um, we'll talk about the cast, obviously. Um And I thought it was a really well-made movie. And I was like, okay, you know, I could like the Star Trek. It's kind of cool. And obviously Into Darkness and Beyond, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I think Into Darkness next week, next year, next year, next month and beyond probably in September. Um, I was into it. I really, really was into it. I was just like, okay, these are Star Trek movies I could follow. I can get into. And on this rewatch, I was not, I wasn't into it. I don't oh, know if it just no. wasn't I don't know if it, it just was the 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 chore of watching it and just being like this is stupid. I don't like this. Um but there's still a lot that's good in this movie and ultimately I'm going I think I'll give it a good grade in my estimation. Um but it just it didn't hit this time like it did the first time so
0: the, the, the thing that really captivated me about this movie and this recent watch was the story of Kirk and Spock. You know, yeah. how it automatically takes you back to their youngings and Jim's father, played by Chris Helmsworth. I thought that was a terrific opening to feel for some of the pain that you might see Jim go through in the rest of the movie or movies. Um, mm. And then the same thing for Spock. Um, because to me, you have to deliver this film and you have to have some feeling for Spock. Because when I first watched this movie, I was like, I'm gonna be with Kirk all day because I just could not appreciate anything about Zachary Quinto as Spock. But in this mm-hmm. recent watch, I um I actually watched it twice in two weeks. I found I found the um the character development for Spock to me was was gold and key. Um, I ended yeah. up liking Zachary Quinto a lot more this time around in this watch of Spock. Um, and let me go ahead and say that I think it's super unfair for people to ever compare Zachary
1: Quinto Spock to
0: Leonard Nimoy. It no, it's,
1: it's like <clears throat> it it's like comparing. <sighs> It's like comparing um, Marlon Brando's Godfather to Tony Collette and The <laughs> Mama. Yeah, I or agree.
0: even
1: or even a clo- or even a closer comparison, Marlon Brando's Godfather Don Corleone to uh, James Ganofini's, uh Tony Soprano. While they're very on the same level, they're obviously one started it all and one is influenced by the other. So, you think it would be. Uh... A, a bad deal. I feel like Zachary Quinto gave Spock a little bit more um, charisma. Yeah, I would agree. He gave him much more emotion, which I don't know if Leonard Nemo Leonard ever did that. But. No, Leonard Nemo, even in this movie, was probably
0: still told, hey, you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to have no feeling, no recollection. You're supposed to just logic only when it comes to Spock. But yeah. in, this, in this version of J.J. Abrams' movie, it's like, you, you can't do that with Spock because he's half human, half Vulcan. Right. You know, so he has to, at <clears> least <throat> in this movie, have, he's got to show some human emotion. And I, I appreciate it about that in this one.
1: Yeah, I... I'll agree with you. I think that the... Um, his iteration of Spock is much more likable, I think. I think, obviously, Leader Nimoy... I'm not going to – I have no room to say my opinion on that because I've never really seen any of the original series or anything like that. But I'll say he's much more wooden, which I guess is what the character supposed to be in the original series. But this one has much more free range and, like, went the scene where um, I like the aspect of Ahurla – did I say that right? Ahura. 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 Um, Ahura. just got, like, ten emails about that. Um him, com- her comforting Spock and like sh- showing emotion after his mother died. I thought that was a really well good scene, and um, very much needed to show that he still has the human emotion that he was born with. Even
0: even Chris Pine bringing us Captain Kirk in this movie, like the William Shatner Kirk is still to me. Even he is more robotic, like non-believable because i don't again i don't know to me it's like he's a tv actor so why would you get a yeah. tv actor to, to portray that on the big screen um yeah but to me this was just a breath, a breath of fresh air comparing to the original one but um what did you think of the whole maybe first 45 minutes to an hour concept of getting introduced getting on the ship getting up into space you know and then you go four years three three or four years into the future and um Spock's test which is supposed to be unbeatable is beaten um, and the comedy aspect in this is so funny uh, especially when McCoy takes uh, Kirk up into the ship and he gives him the you
1: know, injection
0: the, the yeah. injection yeah I thought that <coughs> which Carl Urban to me is is one of the best parts of this
1: movie yeah I, I would agree um, I thought he, he gave a very good performance I think that the um sorry. Um I thought it was I don't know if it was the pacing or just like the the, the way the movie was made. It was just way, it was real quick. Mm-hmm. We did the intro of um uh George Kirk, Chris Hemsworth character pre-Thor, which I thought was funny, seeing that now. Um him sacrifice himself to save James, their childhood, they're in Starfleet. And now we're 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 going. I. That's not a problem, but I think in the grand scheme of things, you have to show where, how these two different characters, two iconic characters, how they grew up, how they're so different from each one each each other, and what's their flaws, what's their um, strengths. Well, it, it, you don't. So you don't think it did that in the first ten minutes? It did, but it was just too fast. We didn't. Would it really linger on it as much?
0: Because I mean, you know, you got you got Kirk being a troublemaker, kind of a rebellious, doing whatever he kind of wants, getting the bar fights. And then with Spock, you know where his his you know he, he, he you know where his um, mind is always Story. on family, yeah. mom, dad, being Vulcan. Um, but he doesn't have an issue turning things away or he doesn't have an issue doing things his way and not the Vulcan way if you push his buttons right so I think yeah. it I think it touched on those just enough I think any longer I think you probably would have been like <laughs> that, that would have turned this into maybe like a, a 220 film and I don't think you needed a 215 220 230
1: Star Trek movie. yeah I would agree um like I said it was it was enough but it was just too fast I guess is my nitpick with it I guess so um I like how they introduce like the mythology of Star Trek how like Kirk comes across all these different characters whether it be McCoy Spock um uh, Captain Pike uh, uh who's Anton Yelton's character oh um he comes across uh Chervok <laughs> Chir- Chir- and uh, Scotty which I thought Simon Pig was easily the best casted character of the movie uh <laughs> <clears throat> probably right behind um uh carl urban um i like how they it's not like a uh plan a plant b plant c it's just where it, it feels very natural how he meets these characters and i think that's that's str- the strong suit of jj abrams writing he really knows how to fluidly bring characters together in a very interesting way <laughs> Zach is dying on me.
0: I, he's coughing too much. Put the put the weed down, Zach. Um, what do you think of, uh, of Ben Cross? I think it's, to me, if I had to spend, if I had to take some, maybe, you wanted to add 10 or 15 minutes. I think if I wanted to take 10 minutes away, I would take the 10 minutes away from Spock and his troubles with his parents. Um, Renona Ryder, and Ben Cross. To me, I think I could have taken that 10 minutes out of the movie and maybe focused that more on uh, maybe another cast member, another crew member, or just something different. I feel like... And I know they wanted a... The whole reason for that was because you were eventually going to get Captain Kirk upsetting Spock so bad to where he ended up physically fighting in front of the crew members and getting disbanded and that made jim the captain but if i had to take right. 10 minutes away from the film it would be spock spending too much showing too much emotions with his mom and dad
1: yeah <clears throat> i like even i even like
0: the whole- even though the scene that that spock's mom died in was was pretty pretty deep
1: yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I, I like that sequence where Vulcan gets destroyed and, like, becomes a whole black hole and he loses his mother. Um, I thought that was really well done. That's actually, like, the one <clears throat> iconic scene that just kind of sticks with me is Spock, like, uh, beaming down on the planet. And he just looks around and literally the whole planet is, like, like cr- just, like, corrupting onto itself or destroying – coming in on itself. I thought it was a very good visual. Um, and even then, even before that, the drill, the drill um, fight sequence where they land on the drill and they're fi- uh, Kirk and uh, oh god, what's a John uh, John Cho's character? Uh, Sulu. Sulu. They have that fight, the sword fight. I thought it was well done.
0: Oh yeah, he was another standout to me. That was like I kind of forgot he was in this um, mm-hmm. because around this time, you know, he was doing all his his high comedy stuff. Yeah, I thought he was a really good choice for. For Sulu, um, what do you think of uh, a horror, though, played by Zoe Saldana? <clears throat> she was she was more of a main in this one than probably the original character was in any of the other Star Trek movies. But I thought it was from, placed
1: well. From what I understand, she had more to do in this film than she did in the original series, which I think is much appreciated. Yeah. Um, I thought she gave a good performance. I don't. Did they give a backstory to her? I don't. I don't remember. Or was not, it just kind of done, done in dialogue? Not in
0: this one. If they do, I think it might have been in Beyond. Um, and it's going to be very interesting talking about those next two movies as well, too, because all the rumors around the fourth one, if, and, and where. But, after, you know,
1: yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, if you want my
0: honest opinion.
1: Um, <clears throat> we'll get we'll get to it. But I just remember Into Darkness being just kind of like a, a big cinematic event. It was a big deal. And, yeah.
0: It was a very big deal. Yeah. Um, Eric Bana as Nero. What did you think of the Romulan being the the bad guys to start off this new Star Trek movies? I know a lot of people were disappointed because it was you know it's always about um uh it's always about uh Klingons and um, Mm. you know other things like that. But to me, I thought the introduction of Nero and the Romulans in this movie was good. What did you what did you think?
1: I don't know, dude. Like, Eric Ben Hulk transformation got really weird, in my opinion. Um, he was a good villain. <clears throat> I, I appreciated that the villain had some emotional stakes and emotional baggage. He just wasn't destroying just to be destroying. He actually had a cause of trying to find Spock, especially old Spock or future Spock. And his ability to be very threatening but also kind of charismatic in a way to let lure people in to get what he wants. Um, I attribute that to not only the, the Eric Bennett's performance, but also JJ, JJ Abrams writing. I thought that was uh, pretty well done. Uh, Leonard
0: Nimoy, them just bringing him in. What did you think? Did you think to me, I feel like it kind of was not needed. I don't think you needed Leonard was Nimoy it n- in this movie.
1: Was it nostalgia just for nostalgia's sake? Probably. I, I remember in the theater that it got a huge applause. I remember that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and well, I had to my, lean over to my mom. I was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> she said, too. Oh, she's she was from he was from the original trilogy. He's like the other squawk, So. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think I don't think him. He, I don't think he needed to be in it. I think you just need to keep those original Star Trek memories far away from these new ones. Even though Leonard yeah. Nimoy being in this movie didn't hurt it any. Um,
1: yeah. But probably made it better. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that, but it definitely <coughs> it definitely
0: was What about the scene where, where Kurt finally sat in the chair and just had that look and the camera angle right at his knees? Did did you have any like emotion or sense of like finally when he sat in that captain's chair?
1: Yeah, I thought it was <coughs> well placed. I thought um I read some reviews saying that maybe it was too easily given to Kirk at that point. Maybe they should have waited till like the beginning of Into Darkness to give it to him. But I thought in order for this franchise to continue, you have to give him the the chair in order to, in order for him to be pat, captain in order to have any more adventures. So I liked it. I thought it was, it, it didn't have like a magical moment to me, but I thought Chris Pine's performance definitely helped, helped that scene. So.
0: I like the placing of the word when, uh, Spock was talking to Bones about uh, Bones was talking about you just kind of threw your best prize fighter out, and, you know. No fucks forgiven, and Spock used the terminology like you know you have to uh, you have to break the the horse before. Oh, Zach's dying on me.
1: I'm good. I'm
0: good. <clears throat> um, but they were talking about the thoroughbred and how the horse must be broken first before, you know. The Thorbred can have its full potential. what do you think about
1: that? Um, was it logic? I thought it was a good metaphor for it, honestly. Um, you know, obviously, Kirk has this wild SLB that doesn't really care about the rules. And in order for him to become captain, um, Spock had to show him some humility, not only for his character, but also for not only for Kirk's character, but for Spock's character. It takes him for where he needs to go in this was, franchise.
0: Yeah. It, it was almost. <laughs> Um, how, how can you put this? It was almost uh, it needed to happen because you know he he did that to Kirk, but with him doing that to Kirk, it's almost I don't know. It felt like a little high school game because they they both ended up going back and forth with each other eventually on that on that ship. Um, yeah. <coughs> so with the ending, Nero Nero does not return to the sequel. Um, Romulans get theirs. Uh, Spock didn't even want to show mercy um, obviously they blew up his home planet what did you think of towards the ending where uh, you know all the dust was settled and Spock and, and Kirk get their win but when they return back to the Starfleet uh, Spock is like dad <laughs> and Leonard Nimoy turns around like I am not our dad I feel like yeah, they, should kept that, they should have kept them away from each other
1: well, and to me, this was I, I really didn't knew I didn't know this until this rewatch. I didn't know that this was all dealing with time travel and alternate dimensions and multiverses and all that. Um I kind of thought that they should have had some kind of consequence for young Spock and Old Spock to meet. Like it just created like a, a portal or a loop or something. Um, and that sets up the, the second movie. But you know, it it was fine. Uh, it's inter- it was interesting to see the two characters. Uh, converse and Oldsbox saying, "Hey, he's going to become your friend. He's going to become your tr- most tr- trusted ally one day." And you know, I know he's an ass, but you'll get used to it.
0: Um, were you a fan of the little creature that was with uh Simon Pegg's character? Scotty? Does he come? Ba- does he come back in the in the other movies? Part of, of me thinks he does. I can't remember. I th- No one, JJ Abrams, <laughs> you knows every every sci-fi movie now has to have a little. Squishy toy Jeez. that you can sell for $12.99, whether it's a uh, BB, um, BBA, or yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you is it hands down? Is is the Force Awakens just hands down better than this 09 Star Trek movie?
1: Because he's so- the only,
0: I th- I know, if, I'm, if I'm correct he's the only director to direct a Star Wars and a Star Wars movie.
1: I think you're right. And I just being unbiased, I like Star Wars better. So I think Force Awakens is a better movie. Um, But like I said, I prefer that franchise over Star Trek. So like I said, I'm biased. What about you? I prefer Star Wars as well. But looking back at it,
0: I kind of feel like this is the underrated of the two. I think if you don't have if you if you don't have that solo death and that Skywalker ending, I don't I don't think I think more people trash on Star Wars just as much as The Last Jedi. I, I, I think The Force Awakens gets just as trashed on as The Last Jedi because of how much and how picky those fans are. Now, I'm not saying I, I'm, you know, I'll stand right in the middle. But I, I think Star Trek is right behind The Force Awakens.
1: <clears throat> I think my biggest complaint about this movie is that there's so many damn lens flares in this movie. I mean, every 15 seconds, which that's, I get. That's, 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 his, that's his style of filmmaking. I get it. But it's like, damn, dude, do you need to do it every scene. Did you, <sighs> did you go into cardiac uh, arrest or yeah. like a stroke or shock seizure or something? Did you, did you go into a seizure? No, I survived that, but it's just I, I really didn't realize. Obviously, I wasn't focused on that when I was younger, but like as a film fan and uh observer, I didn't. It was just kind of shocking just how much of that was in there uh, on this rewatch.
0: He does that a lot with Super 8, though. <clears throat> yeah, um, well, we we, we compare the two, we talked about The Force Awakens and the 09 Star Trek, um, overall. What was your your main biggest letdown of this? If, if you uh, we can get to that, you know what I'm not. Is it, is it just because it like it's not your your branding
1: of sci-fi? It, it comes down to that because, like I said, I was this movie came out in 2009, so I was like 16, 17 when this came out. I bet you would so, enjoy it more now in the theater if you, than you did back then. I don't know. Like I, I remember being really into this in the theater and just kind of having a, a fun time with it. And I think this was a chore to watch it, to be honest. I think it was just like, oh, Star Trek, really? I know you've been trying to get us to do this for like the last like 15 years. So. But like I said, it has good moments. It has good performances, has a good story. I do think JJ Abrams <clears throat> did a very good job of directing and not only creating new versions of these characters, but also paying respect and homage to the old. So um, I think just the biggest thing is just, it's just not my cup of tea. So it was just kind of like a, a drag to get through at points. So I really enjoyed the score. Yeah, the score was good. It very, very Star Trek-y. And I will say the last scene of the Enterprise going into hyperspeed and it, sh- it doing the, Original thing to the Star Trek, the original Star Trek series, I thought was brilliant. I thought that yeah. was a very good ending for that for that first film. Good ending. <clears throat>
0: um, what about favorite scene? You have a favorite scene or two from this 09
1: Star Trek? Probably the Vulcan planet being destroyed, and I thought the visuals that was really well done. And seeing the relationship between Spock and Kirk evolve in this film. Obviously, I know it gets a lot more deeper and probably more emotional and, and into darkness. Which, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, I'm really excited to rewatch that. I haven't, I haven't seen it since a the theater, so I'm kind of glad we're doing it, so I have an, I have a, I have a reason to watch it. Um, but mostly the Vulcan planet and the evolution of Spock and Kirk. Um, and I, I'll take a step forward. And I thought Zachary Quinto was really good as Spock. Um, then, he, gets a he brought lot up- of flag. You, you bring up the Big Bang Theory, there's a scene in the series where it's just like, oh no, it's the wrong spot. Live live, live long and suck it, Zachary Quinto. I just remember that. Um, but I... It's really, really hard to do your version of that character, especially as iconic as Leonard Nimoy made it. So I give him props for how he's able to pull that off, so.
0: Um... If, man, there's, there's so many fun scenes uh the introduction of uh, Scotty um, when bones meets Kirk for the first time mm-hmm. um, the bar fight scene was really good uh, I do like this even though it's real quick and, and soft-spoken I like when Spock turned down uh, the Vulcan Academy mm-hmm um man if i had to just pick one it would probably be when when kirk sits down in the captain's chair for the first time the score the score to me for that is is really good too even the opening credits when you see star trek after chris hemsworth's death and the score picks up right then um I, I just really enjoyed this this movie overall um i think i'm going to give this a, a higher rating than you um but I think I'll go into I really like this 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 last time around. I think I'm gonna keep it a nine. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna give Star Trek a nine.
1: I debated <clears throat> I debated between two grades. Originally I had it at a, at a seven. I was like, yeah, this seems right. But the more I thought about it, the more I th- the more I think about it and it was just like, you know what? I can't it's not fair to judge a movie because you're not into it, or your per- personal preference is not what it is. So um, I'll give it an eight. Um, Production wise, it was really good. Performances, story, and honestly, like I said, it made me excited to watch Into Darkness, which I think was the goal. So,
0: uh, that, yeah, that is that is good. Um, oh, that you had a casino
1: back there, Johnny?
0: Yeah. Um. I think I am excited for Into Darkness now. Over the past weekend, though, um, we were going to get into some emails and some social media reads. Um, This past weekend, I asked some questions and was hoped that you guys would um, come and answer away. So over the last few days on Twitter, I asked, uh, what is your favorite movie of 2023 so far? And I will read some uh, some Twitter posts back. Um, Alex says the Super, super Mario Brothers. Um, Issa Wolf, Evil, evil Dead Rise. Uh, Corey says haven't seen a lot, but I'm positive it's going to be Oppenheimer. Aaron says Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Timmers says John Wick Chapter 4. Um... Cybernetic Shark says Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Vader the Traitor says Guardians of the Galaxy 3 so far. Zen Zen says John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, My Annoyed Side says Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, Mark says Across the Spider-Verse. Diaz says John Wick Chapter 4. Chip McCoy says Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Rob says Spider-Verse. So uh, a lot of Spider-Verse. Uh, this should be fun. Um, I also asked, what is your worst movie of 2023 so far? Um, Rob says 65. Thomas says definitely the Weenie the Pooh horror movie. Um Let's I that was even a thing. <laughs> Let's Mabel, uh, 92, says house party. Mr. M says 65. Um, one crazy angry boy, 778, says house party. And then 123, the unknown, says fast X. Hmm. Um, I also a- asked this question among, among
1: all the other um, social media. Did a 23 and, questionnaire type thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see what some of the Instagram followers said. Uh, Some of the worst movies, again, of 2023. These are some Instagram uh, comments. Um, Jesus Burns 420 says, uh, Operation Fortune Um, one of his worst movies. mm -hmm. Um, I like that. I don't know why. Dylan Flickering says... uh, the resurrection of Charles Manson and Bo is Afraid. Mm. Um, it's, okay,
1: it's okay, Johnny. It's okay.
0: Glory Days 405 says White Men Can't Jump Remake. Um, Dan Zig says knock at the cabin. Um, and then Epictastic Joshua says worst movie is Knights of the Zodiac.
1: Hmm. never even heard of that
0: but okay Hmm. interesting but yeah if you guys want to comment some more find us on social media hit us up on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and then you can always email us at cinemen i n nine two one at gmail.com that is the final nail in the coffin for Star Trek at least until next month Next week, though, Zach, what are we talking about?
1: Uh, we're talking about a new 2023 movie. came out in March. I think it was sandwiched in B- oh, April, actually, in between Super Smash Brothers and Evil Dead Rise. Uh, we're talking about Renfield, the Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Holt, parody spoof, kind of a direct sequel to Dracula, the 1930s Dracula. I know you're really excited about it because you know I'm a big monster movie person, so I think you're excited to see my thoughts about it. I haven't rewatched it yet um but I'm, I'm curious to see compared to the theater viewing how it how it holds up
0: so you did check this out in theater
1: yeah
0: uh yeah I'm, I'm interested really just to talk to you about it because you are such a 1930s vampire um
1: a 1930s vampire not a poor not a movie fan but a 1930s vampire
0: yeah um i think it's going to be fun it's it's not very qu- it's not very long it doesn't drag uh, there's some fun performances in it. Aquafina's in it. Uh, you know, I, I try to watch anything that she's in. Um, so if you want to watch this movie before we talk about it, it is on Peacock. You can check it out uh, on Peacock. I think it's what $5.99 for a, a monthly subscription to Peacock. Really um, if so, if yeah. you want ads, if you don't want ads, it's ten bucks. So join us next week as we talk uh, Renfield right here, July 26th, 5:30, Facebook Live, <laughs> Wall Productions YouTube channel. <laughs> And you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Zach's going to go drink some water. So yeah. um, what are you doing this weekend, Zach? Uh, is it Oppenheimer and Barbie or is it just Oppenheimer?
1: Don't lie. It's just Oppenheimer. It's just Oppenheimer this weekend. I might Get the hell Barbie out of here. No,
0: I got my Barbie I'm not.
1: Cup. I'm ready to oh, go. So you're
0: going to not... do the double feature? I'm you're going to do Barbie, the Barbie homer? I'm going to try to go see Barbie one day and then Oppenheimer the next.
1: And then when I ask you, did you go do it? No, if something came up, I couldn't go.
0: Probably <laughs> what? Um, But so. other than that, um, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening yeah. to the, the Star Trek Review next week. Renfield on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast.
1: Live long and prosper.